All right, good morning. Um, so I was uh, preparing for this and um, just kind of going over some things. And I, I, was, I was watching and thinking about just different things in my life and um, different things God has done. And I was, I was looking at, you know, like I was watching the, a little bit of the news and I was watching some things and people were, um, you know... Political stuff is just, it gets so annoying. I just, you know, after about five minutes of it, I'm like, yep, I've heard that before, like eight years ago, same thing, just different person. Um, so, but people were identifying themselves with, well, I, I, I vote this way and I vote, or I vote this way. And they were, and they said, well, I'm this religion and I'm this class and I'm this race and um, I'm this political party. And, you know, I remember in school, there was the goths, the preps, the punks, the weirdos, and and there was always groups. They were they they identified with a certain group and they segregated themselves into that group. And then when you got towards the end of your your um, high school into your your adult life, there was the partiers, the druggies, and the townies. And you know you either fit into one of those or you didn't fit into either, any of those. But and then when you get more into life, you get into the poor, the middle class, and the wealthy. You know those are the, the a lot of the things that people identify themselves with. So I, I really was like, okay, so people are identifying themselves with a certain political group, a certain uh, status group, a certain financial group. And so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, okay, why, why is this sticking with me? And so I looked up the word and it says to identify means to establish or indicate who or what something or someone is. And associate someone closely with regard someone or having strong links with. So I started, I started to think, I said, you know what? That, that reminds me of of Christianity. A lot of, a lot of our lives, we, we identify ourselves with the church. We identify ourselves with Christians. But there's a difference between identifying with Christ and identity in Christ. So we spend our, our time identifying, well, yep, Jesus is, is Lord of my life, and, 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 you know, and we go to church and we do this, and, and I identify with what Christianity is. But there's a difference with identifying it. There's a lot of people say, I'm a Christian. And they may, go to, they may be a Chris Easter. They go two times a year, and that, but that's a Christian to them. And so do we identify with Christ or do we have identity in Christ? So I can identify with Christ because, you know, I'm made in, his, I'm made in the image of God. I, I identify with the beliefs of the church. I, be, I believe in, in his death, burial, and resurrection. But that doesn't make me, that I identify with that, but I don't have identity in that. So I started looking through in John 8, if you guys turn there. It's a pretty uh, familiar scripture. So, we all know this scripture pretty well. John 8, 1 through 11. It says, A woman was caught in adultery. Jesus returned from the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. So you know what's funny right there is this, is the woman was caught in the act of adultery. But somebody else had to be in the act of adultery with her. But who was brought, for, who was brought before the crowd? The woman was. So 
it's just always the woman's fault in the old in you know in the old testament it was always the woman's fault if there was adultery and she was the one punished for it so they put her in front of the crowd verse 4 says teacher they said to jesus this woman was caught in the act of adultery the law of moses says to stone her what do you say jesus knows this they were trying to trap him saying him into saying something that would call, that they could use against him but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stooped up again, stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Don't even... Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, she said to the Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. So I started to look at that. And what did, they identified her as a kind of slutty, kind of whorish, adulterous sinner. They identified her with that. But what did Jesus say? He said, where are your accusers? Go and sin no more. Jesus didn't see that as her identity. He saw that as a... Those were things that they call her, but he saw them as an action of a person who doesn't have an identity. Identity will cause you to, to act a certain way. She identified, they identified her as those characteristics, but that wasn't her identity. She was literally someone who had no clue who Jesus was and didn't know who God was. So she was living out what she knew to be. She was a person who didn't know who she was. It was just an action of a person who didn't know who they were and what their value was. Jesus saw the value in her. He didn't, he didn't see a woman caught in adultery. He saw the value of a person. The adultery was just a symptom of sin in her life, but Jesus saw through that and he said, you know, I see the value in you. I see your identity. He doesn't, Jesus doesn't see the symptoms. He sees the identity. Because what he does is he goes, I, my, Jesus knows that his symptoms in our lives, the symptoms that we may have in our life are covered by the blood of Jesus. He doesn't see that. He says, you know what? They may have sin in their life, but it is covered by my blood. Yeah. You know, we, we get into this mindset that, you know, we need to remind people of sin. I don't need to be reminded of my sin. I remind myself of it every now and then. And the Holy Spirit reminds me, hey, you goofed up a little bit there. You need to stop. So what, what Jesus was doing is he's saying, you know, why are you bringing me someone who doesn't have an identity and just has a, is living a, a symptom of, a, of, of the sickness of sin in their life? She had no idea who she was and had no value for who she was. So what is she going to do? She's going to live out all that she knows. So many times we walk out in our lives we can identify with Christianity. We go to church, we quote scripture, but we just identify with the church and Jesus. A lot of people like to identify with Jesus when he was on earth. They're like, oh yeah, I love Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. But when it got rough, what did they do? They ran away because they identified with him, but they didn't have identity in him. They weren't confident in who they were because of him. So in our lives, we, a lot of times we, we identify with it, but our de- identity isn't solidified. And we're like, well, you know, I, you know I'm blessed and I'm healed. And, and then when, when life hits, we're like, oh, Jesus, where are you? You know, it's, um, we, we, on, uh, 
Friday, I was talking to somebody about going down this hill by our house. And um, you don't go up the hill and you don't go down the hill. You can't get up the hill if you're riding a bike. And you don't want to go down the hill if you're riding a bike. And it's all dirt. It's like washed out half the time. And I, I, was, I was talking about going up the hill. You don't go up the hill. You go about three quarters of the way up the hill. And then you just start kind of, you like, you can't pedal anymore. And you start to go down. But I, when I go down the hill, it's scary. I went down the hill one time and never do it again. The entire way I'm going, Jesus, please, please, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm like, no brakes, a little tap on the back brake, no, no brakes at all. But I'm identifying with Jesus, but doesn't mean that I have identi- identity in him. People call on the name of Jesus, but they don't have identity in him because all they do is they go to church and it's just a routine of action that we do on a weekly basis. I can identify. If you grew up Baptist, you can identify with the Baptist church. If you grew up Catholic, you can identify that. Whatever denomination you grow up in, you can identify with that, but it doesn't make you have an identity in that. Our identity doesn't rely, doesn't, um, isn't related to our denomination or our status in life. You can be poor and rich in the kingdom. You can be rich in the world and poor in the kingdom. So our identity is required to be part of the kingdom, not identifying with it. I can identify with a bunch of different characteristics of people and different jobs and different uh, socioeconomical statuses, but it doesn't make who I am. My, my financial state, my health state, doesn't, it doesn't define who I am. Me going to church doesn't define who I am. What defines me is my identity that is solidified in Jesus Christ. So we can quote scripture, we can do all that stuff, but look at the, look at the disciples. Look at the people that follow Jesus. As soon as the crap hit the fan, they're like, oh, nope, don't know him. See you later. We're going to go hide. They identified with him, but they didn't have identity in him. They thought it was cool. They loved following him when, when it was great and nobody was persecuting them. It was like, oh, I, I just, you know, people get swept up in movements. Oh, yep, this, I just got, you know, this revival and this, this goes on and they get swept up in it, but there's no identity in it. It's simply a, a momentary thing that la- lasts six weeks, a year, whatever it is, but it doesn't identify who they are. It's not an identity. It's just, I was part of that. So, People identified with Jesus when he was on earth, but their identity wasn't solidified because they ran away when it got hard. We can't just identify with the family of God and the kingdom of God. We can, you know, it's easy to tell certain animals from another animal. A goat doesn't look like a cow. A little bit different in height, weight, you know, they make a different sound, you know, there's a little bit of difference in there. But people identify people who go to church as Christians just because they go to church. Well, they're they're just a good Christian. They're there every Sunday. That's not an identity. That's just, that's a a false identity that people place on it. Because you know what? I'm at church every week. Doesn't make me a good Christian. What makes me a good Christian is fully reliant upon my, my, my Savior and my God and, and understanding my identity, but I don't have to be a good Christian because He is good for me. All I do is, is love Him, follow Him. So I can identify with the church. doesn't make me part of the church. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, millions of churches around the world say they're a Christian church. A lot of people say they're Christian, but are they? It, it doesn't 
It doesn't create an identity with them. So Matthew 7, if you guys want to turn there, you can. I'll just read quick here. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Simply calling me Lord will not be enough. Only those who do my will, excuse me, do the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will join me in heaven. At the end of the time, on the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons out of the possessed in your name? Did we not perform miracles in your name? But I will say to them, I never knew you. You must depart from me. That's a rough scripture. I'm just saying. It, it, it kind of makes you a little scared. You want to go home and say the, the sinner's prayer one more time when you hear that, just to make sure. And, it, and it, it can cause fear. I mean, if you really read that, you're like, am I okay? Am I set, is everything settled with God? Am I, am I, you know, am I okay? But if you look at this, it, which is really, uh, it's really cool because it shows people who identified with Christ, but were, didn't have identity in Christ. Their identity, if you are born again, you have identity in Christ. You may not understand it. You may not know it. You may have never reached that full identity, but you have identity in Christ. But these people say, hey, didn't we drive out demons? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Because depart, me from me, depart from me, I never knew you. Here's the thing. The name of Jesus in a saved or unsaved person is just the same as, is, is just as powerful. There was, if you look throughout the New Testament in, in, in Acts, it talks about different people who were casting out demons from people that weren't actually followers of Christ. But they were using certain terms and certain names, the name of Jesus, that they could do. Um, you know, the disciples were were trying to cast out a demon and they're like, I don't know you. I know this person, I know this person, but who are you? So they identified with Christ, but they didn't have identity in Christ. The moment you are born again, you have identity. It may not be fully um, developed, manifested, whatever you want to call it, but it, you have identity in there in Christ. You, you look through scripture and people would relate to Jesus. They wanted to follow Jesus, but they never identified, they, they identified with Jesus, but they didn't become followers of Christ. They just, well, you know, I'm just a follower of Jesus. But it, I, being a follower of Jesus really means submitting your life over to Jesus Christ. So identity means the fact of being who or what a person or a thing is. A close similarity or affinity to. So identity actually means a close similarity to. The fact of being who or what a person is. So our identity is who we are in Christ. We can identify people would, throughout the New Testament, you look at people, they tried to cast out demons, demon would beat them up, throw them out the door. Some people were, were prophesying in their name, casting out demons in his, in his name, but he says, I don't know you. So that means they had some knowledge of Christ, some understanding of Christ, but didn't have, full, didn't have identity in Christ. I don't know whether they were saved, unsaved. I don't know how that worked with this scripture. I can't, I can't be the judge of that. You, you can look at that scripture and say, well, you know, he says, depart from me, I never knew you. But the will of the Father was to cast out demons, prophesy, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. But he says, I don't know you. So there's a difference between identifying and identity. The disciples identified with him. Then they ran away. When he came back after his crucifixion, they became fully identified in Christ. 
they had identity in him and they knew who they were and they went out and did works. But before that, they were just like, well, we just follow Jesus and that's what we do and we'll follow you to the grave and we'll fight for you and we'll do everything. But as soon as he's taken into, ca- into captivity or taken into um, arrested, they, they, they run away. They're like, well, we just, you know, we identify with him, but, you know, and then, then Peter's sitting there, nope, don't know him, don't know him. Then he's swearing at a guy, I don't know him, blankety blank, 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 I don't know this guy. And so they identified with him, but their identity wasn't sealed. I, and I don't think we fully understand the, the identity that God gives us until we, we, come to he- be, we go to heaven. We, we get glimpses of it, we grow in it, we mature in it, but we'll never understand fully who we are until we're that moment with Jesus Christ. We'll always grow, we'll always mature in it, but I don't think we'll be a fully matured person in Christ until the moment we stand before him and we can see him. But the cool thing is our identity is not something that is just there for us. We have an identity, but we have to grow in it. So God just doesn't say, here, here's everything you're going to be, everything that you're going to be. This is all the faith you're going to have and just slams it on us the moment we're born again. That would be so overwhelming. You ever started a job and someone goes, oh, by the way, here's this, 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 and this in the first day. And you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have taken this job. Yeah. We all, or somebody says, oh, you want to volunteer and help? Yeah, here's all of this. Now take this. And you're like, oh, why did I volunteer for this? I should have like done an interview on this uh, volunteer position before and found out what I had to do before I did this. But God is not going to overwhelm us with our identity. He's not going to give us revelation that's going to happen 15 years from now today. Because he, he, our identity is a, is a growth pattern. We start it as babies and we grow into fully mature adults. But the cool thing is he makes us find it. He doesn't just leave it out there for us to, to pick up. Um, Proverbs says the glory of God is shown when he conceals things. So our identity is in Jesus Christ. That means we have to find out who Jesus Christ is to find out who our, what our identity is. We have to look into who Jesus is to understand who we are. Because it says a close similarity to. An identity is a close similarity to. That means we're close to what Jesus Christ is, but we're not Jesus. We're made in the image of God. He's the son. He was made in, his, in, in the image. But... God is going to conceal those things. So when we start to, to dig into who Jesus is and we start to see who Jesus um, was in his earthly ministry and what he does now in his ministry, we start to see who we are and what we can become. Our identity is in God through Christ Jesus, but he doesn't just give it all to you. He's not just going to be like, oh, here, here's the dump truck load of all of who you are and now try to put it on. It, it, our identity if Jesus gave us our complete identity the moment we're born again, it'd be like getting a dump truck load of clothes and trying to put every piece of clothing on. It would. You know, if any parents in here remember when they were going to spank their kid and their kid puts multiple pairs of underwear on or puts a couple different pairs of pants on so they don't get their butt whooped? Yeah, I did that. I was, I was that kid. I'm like, I know I'm getting a butt whooping, so I'm going I'm to uh, put a couple extra pairs of shorts on there. Um, it, but it would be like putting on multiple pairs of clothes. We would be immobile. We would be out like this. We wouldn't be able to function. We wouldn't be able to walk. So what he does is he releases it a little bit at a time to us. The more we understand God, the more we understand who we are. The more we understand who Jesus is, the more we see who we can become and we start to walk in that. When we see Jesus' mercy for this woman who's caught in adultery, 
it, we, it releases some mercy into, uh, it teaches us how to be merciful so when a person is caught in sin, we know to give them mercy, like he gave them mercy. Jesus says, seek and you shall find. That means you have to look for who he is. You have to look at what he's doing to be able to find out who you are. He wants us to explore his word and the relationship we have with him to help us unwrap this gift. Our identity is a gift because if we don't have identity, the enemy is going to create identity in us. Before we're born again, our identity is from the enemy. Born into sin, a slave of sin, when we're born into Christ, we are free from the, the bonds of sin. So he's revealing it little by little to us. He's showing us little by little of what and who we are. We unwrap it like a gift. You ever had that gift? Somebody gives you that big gift and you open it up and it's another box and you open that box and you open that box and you open that box and and then it's like a piece of candy in the middle of like four boxes and you're like, what the heck? But that's our identity. Our identity is this big in the middle of a box this big. And he says he, he wants you to learn how to get to it. He wants to teach you how to become who you are. We teach our children, we raise our children to become fully functional adults. We don't want to raise our kids and be like, well, I just want them to be uh, homeless and, um, you know, a, a vagrant the rest of their life. We want our kids to be functioning so when they go out into the world, they create a better life than what we had. We don't raise our kids to be like, well, I hope my kids live in poverty the rest of their life and I hope that they're, um, they have it worse than I did. You know, we don't do that. We want our kids to be greater than us. We want our kids to be, have more uh, finances than us, the wealth than us. John's telling his son that you need to take care of me when you get more money, <laughs> when he's old. So we have to unwrap the gift that he has for us in the identity. It's not just something that gets dumped on us. You guys ever just been so overwhelmed you can't, can, you can't do anything? It's just like, you know, work's hard, life's hard. Everything is, is going wrong, and you're like, what do I do? And God says, I'm not going to give you more than, than what you need at that moment. He gives us what we need to handle every circumstance that we need. But he says, I'm going to give you piece by piece. So when a, when a trouble comes and, and you've, you've dived into who I am, that a part of your identity is going to come out to be able to deal with the circumstance that you're dealing with instead of just go, oh, Jesus, 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 as you're going down that hill, hoping that you stay upright. You, you want to stay upright when you're going down that hill. Trust me, if you go down that hill and you wipe out, you will be in the emergency room with gravel in your entire body. It's not nice. But our identity grows so that when the situations of life come in, when the attacks of the enemy come in, we can combat that with, because we know who we are because he's given us the tools to be able to fight what the enemy's doing or the life or what life throws at us. Nothing in life is fair. Everybody's like, oh, life's not fair. Yeah, get over it. It's not fair. <laughs> stuff happens. People get sick. You lose jobs. You have financial struggles. You have health struggles, whatever it is. But God says, you know what? The more you, co- you press into me, the more I show you who you are and how to combat and how to get through that circumstance. James says, count it joy when you fall into to different trials. And so when you're going through it, you don't, you don't be like, oh, well, you know, I just, it'll be good when it's over. 
Uh, Sarah said a couple weeks ago, you celebrate the victory before it, while you're going through the struggle. You celebrate it because your identity is, is grounded and rooted in Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm giving you everything you need to get through what you're going through. Slaves and servants doubt what their master says. Their master says, well, you've been a good servant. You're going to get a raise. Yeah, right, whatever. Sons and daughters don't doubt. They don't doubt. My kids do not doubt when I say, hey, I'm going to buy you shoes for school. I buy them shoes for school. When I say I'm going to put food in the refrigerator, I say, go to the store and get food in the refrigerator for my wife. (laughs) And and they're like, dad, there's no food. I'm like, Sarah, there's no food. And she goes to the store and gets it. Because if I go to the store, I buy like 60 packs of cookies. I go to like, I buy like the five gallon um, or the two gallon jug of um, potato salad. And Sarah's like, what are you buying this stuff? I come back with like four gallons of ice cream, like a stack of frozen pizzas. And the kids are like, I wanted something good, like salad. I'm like, there's vegetables on there somewhere. So, but when my kids need something, they don't doubt that I'm going to take care of it. My, my oldest, she doesn't doubt that I'm going to t- take care of, she said, dad, I need some new shoes or whatever. And she's like, okay, we'll get them. No, that's okay. I want to pay half. I'm like, yes. I'm like, my kid's financially responsible already. Um, but we need to not doubt that what the father says he will do, he will do. Because when we believe that what we say that, sorry, when we believe what he says he's going to do, he will do. It unlocks something in us to start to believe in who we are because when we believe who our Father is and what he says over us, it allows us to function and to move through life. You know, when we get those overwhelming circumstances, we get overwhelmed, but what we need to do is stop and say, who am I? Who have I been? Who am I created by? Who who has created me and, and has he given me the tools? Sometimes we get so overwhelmed, but then we have to stop and think, oh, wait a minute, I have the, the ability to overcome this. I do have the tools to overcome this. And we get, oh, well, you know, money was tight this week, and I just, well, you know, I can't do anything, and I'm going to have to do this, and, you know, I just got to, well, sorry, can't go with you, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know what, no, just, you know what, stop saying, you know what, maybe I can't go out and spend money, but you know what, it's, the, it's what we're speaking over our financial situation. So it's like, okay, yeah, money might be tight one week. You had, we had to replace the pump uh, or the, the uh, motor on our pump of our well. Did I want to? Absolutely not. I put it off for like eight months. I'm like, but it finally just went out. I'm like, oh, I guess we're replacing it now. <laughs> it was just funny. You know, we're just like, oh, hey. But um, it didn't, it, I didn't want to spend the money and I didn't want to have to do it. But when the situation came up, I was like, you know what? No, we're, we're going to do this. We have to do this. But we have provision from our Father in heaven who gives us that. We, he's given us jobs. He's given us finances. He, give, he gives us what we need to be able to go through that circumstance, whether it's, it's a financial crisis or it's a health crisis or it's a, a um, mental crisis, whatever it is, something in the family. He gives us those tools. And it all comes from our identity because we're wrapped up in him. Unless we seek after revelation of identity, we will struggle with confidence, worth, power, and overall faith in the one who calls us sons and daughters. If, 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 we, don't, if we don't start to unwrap our identity, we're going to start to doubt who God is. When we, when we don't identify ourselves 
when we just identify ourselves as a Christian, instead of finding our identity, we're like, well, and a person who identifies with God is just like, well, you know, God's just going to teach me a lesson through this. Well, God must want me to do this. He, God must want me to be struggling financially to teach me a lesson. I heard one guy said, God was just, he, he allowed me to have cancer to teach me a lesson. I was like, shut your mouth. I'm like, shut your mouth or I'll tape it shut for you. And I, I hate it when, I'm a big, if you know me well enough, I will not allow people to speak negatively over their health. I've watched too many people speak themselves into death or close to death, and I'm just like, shut your mouth. I'm like, I don't, may not even know you, but you shut your mouth. <laughs> but, and my wife knows it. <laughs> um, but our identity gives us confidence in who God is. Our identity gives us trust and faith in what God will do. So we can identify with God as, I, well, I go to church and I, you know, I give money and I, I sing the songs and I, I do this when I, we worship and then I do this when we worship, but that doesn't make us a son or daughter of Christ. It doesn't give us identity. It just gives us actions. Everything we're doing here without a relationship with God is just an action. There is no rhyme or reason to any of this if we do not have a relationship with God. We're getting together for no reason if we don't have a relationship with Christ. If we're just getting together to sit here for an hour and listen to some guy walk around and talk, I got better things to do, I'm just saying. But we, get, we come together because we love our Father. We're becoming closer to Him. We're getting more identity in Him. And that's why we, get to, we come together, because it's about a purpose of who we are in Him. Let's pray.